0: So welcome everyone to August Media Club, which was supposed to be June Media Club, but then we rescheduled. So the media that we're looking at today are Killing Eve, Minari, and Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kick. So I'd like to start with brief summaries of Killing Eve and Minari, but first we would like to say who's here. So, me, Adrian, and we have Claire. Hi. And we have Hazel. Hello. And Sabrina. Hi, everyone. Yay. Okay, so who would like to do summaries for um, Killing Eve and Minari? Just kind of a general overview of what it's about for anyone who doesn't know what it's about. I don't want Sabrina, you. do you want to do Killing Eve?
1: yeah um so it's basically about a woman who works for mi5 and then she like develops a sort of obsession with a serial killer and then it's kind of like how their relationships entwine and kind of influence each other's lives and kind of the turmoil that they cause each other mm. Sorry. well that's my take on it anyway
0: <laughs> oh yeah i think that's a really good summary um <laughs> And for Minari, uh, Claire, do you want to talk about Minari? Oh,
2: well, I guess, and it's very <laughs> close to it. Uh... To be honest, I kind of watched it like three months ago, so it's not fresh in my mind, but essentially it is about a fam an immigrant family who moves to Arkansas and tries to make life work, but is faced with many different hurdles. But it's not actually a typical immigrant's journey. It's like a lens into their life and the hardships that they go through and being in Arkansas and all of that. I'm probably not doing it justice, but essentially that's that's what it's about
0: yeah 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 I think um one thing that's very interesting about both Killing Eve and Minari is that they show things in more of a realistic type of lens and at least in my opinion rather than a Hollywood type of lens so you don't necessarily get like the type of like neat ending or you know neat conclusions that you kind of you know, want. <laughs> it's a lot more messy and a lot more realistic. Um so what about our general thoughts about Killing Eve and Minari? I know Sabrina, you're quite a fan of Killing Eve. Do you want to talk a little bit about Killing Eve Minari?
1: I think it's crazy because I've watched all of the things this week. Um, so like everything's like really fresh. Like Minari, I finished that probably like ten minutes ago, so that's like super fresh. But with um Killing Eve, because obviously that was the longest piece that we kind of got to watch. I'd say season one, I really kind of enjoyed it. Um, I really liked Eve's character. I feel like she was like really badass and like really kind of went for what she wanted um i think i was annoyed at how she was treated like this woman knows what she's talking about but yet no one wants to believe or trust in her way of thinking and then i felt like yeah that just never improved throughout like the rest of the season she was always kind of like dismissed in terms of like her way of thinking and it's not until she came up with like proper evidence that they were like oh yeah let's kind of like go with what she's thinking i really dislike the relationships between women in that show. Yeah, I think especially her boss, the one that kind of ran everything. I just thought you, like, for lack of a better word, like, you're a dick. Like, I just really hated how she kind of treated Eve. And you would think that women kind of working together, you would try and uplift, like, each other. But it it seemed like any woman in a position of power in killing Eve, there were just horrible people. Like, there was nothing to like about them. Um, and even, uh, it's, her name's Carolyn, I feel like what she went through, like her personal issues, they just showed her to be like a really cold-hearted woman. And then I felt like they were showing Eve to be cold-hearted, like the way that she treated her husband. I thought, is that really, does she really need to be that character?
2: At this point, Natalie just joined the call, which is why
0: Sabrina briefly stopped talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, Blunette, welcome. Hello. We were just
0: talking about our general thoughts about uh, killing Eve and Minari. So, um, and Sabrina was just talking about killing you. Um, does anybody else have any general thoughts they'd like to share?
2: Yeah, I just, just a very, very general thought. So, I like oh my god i binged through the season um there's a lot of hype i think we were talking about this there's a lot of hype in the show so i was very like "Ooh, will this be good will this not be good but i just happened to love it so what i find hilarious is that actually no what i love is that eve is um like she's an asian woman but i actually loved how she was working for mi5 because it's showcasing yo just because you're british doesn't mean you're white also just because you know you never know what someone's background story is because her dad's like what american in this and her mom's british or i forgot but you know there's some complex backstories i'm like okay cool just by saying that bit it's showing that there are different family stories and i know maybe i'm reading into it, too, but i actually really like that part the other thing that i liked is there's a recurring theme um villanelle is trying to like, climb through her weird version of a corporate ladder she's she's trying hard but she keeps getting knocked down by this male bureaucracy. That's like invisible, which is so like symbolic. I thought, and everyone's kind of like, Oh, woman can't kill. It's like, actually, yeah, woman can kill too, which is hilarious. And I think like Eve's juggling through like a lot of this. Ooh, I I have to keep balance like my work life and my personal life. And I personally thought her husband was a little bit of a, I just felt like he wasn't supportive enough. And that kind of showed some struggles that women go through in trying to manage those two like personal and career balances so overall in that sense i thought it actually made a lot of sense though this is portrayed as a really weird violence comedy series like i just couldn't unsee those themes throughout the third uh, wait were there three seasons i forgot no yeah yeah yeah. and i know there's a fourth season personally i thought the first two seasons were amazing and the third season was kind of like what are you doing are you gonna get together are you gonna like kiss already like what are you gonna do so yeah those are my general thoughts
3: it's funny that you mentioned her background and how like that was touched upon for like a minute but i really i was watching it with my husband and i was like holy like look look at this this is they didn't make such a big deal out of it they just said it and then that's it like that is who she is because people like that exist and you know you don't have to go like into her family history or anything it's just this is this is why I'm here and this is why I have this accent. Let's hunt down this killer. It's great. It's great. It was so simple and I was like, but look, like that was that was so easy to do, wasn't it? Like it was I I, I quite liked that. Like I kind of I like that they just touched on it, you know? But it was it's important.
0: Yeah, I only saw their first season. I don't know. Actually I didn't really like Killing Eve as much as I thought I would. So I guess, I don't know, I'm kind of the maybe one of the the few voices where I'm like, well, I don't know. It wasn't really, it didn't really end up being my thing. And I think partially because I had heard so much about Killing Eve beforehand that it was like really hyped up in my head. And I kind of like thought it was going to be about like glorious lesbian assassins and like who are very fashionable and like very suave. And like the actual series, like, even though it was really good and I understand like what they were trying to do, I I didn't really like that the tone was more realistic and a little bit more messy. I was like looking for more of that like glamorous type of like, you know, story. So I think I was a little bit disappointed in that. Yeah. And also like, I personally don't really like uh, stories where they have like a lot of like slow drawn out pain type of sequences, slowly getting stalked down by someone with a gun. Or, you know, like there was a part where Eve was like, it was like a very small moment, but she was like pushing her finger into like glass. And it was just like making the glass break. And I was like, I really just like this. Like <laughs> this makes me feel very uncomfortable. And I think it works really well for the tone of the story that they were kind of trying to tell and, you know, kind of building up that kind of unease. And, you know, I mean, it is realistic. I mean, it's about like a serial killer assassin, like, you know, there should be some type of unease associated with that. You know, it's kind of Hollywood that has taken it away and kind of made it into more of like a glamorized view. On the one hand, I was like, well, I really like that you're trying to set up this type of atmosphere, but this is not actually the type of atmosphere that I want to watch. Like, I think it's really well done and really good. But I also don't really feel like that inclined to watch it. I don't know. So if you guys tell spoilers, it's okay. I don't mind. I like maybe I'll go back to watching it. Maybe not. Who knows?
1: I think it was in season two or three, or towards end season two, where they started to give like Villanelle's cal- character more substance. Like I think when you're watching all the season one, she's just like a killing machine, and even though she's dressed like on point. I don't think she's ever like slipping in anything she's just like when she's like glammed up i think the way they transition from her kind of being all glamorous to like when she's really down in the pits it's like wow this woman really does kind of transform um i was a bit disappointed that it's a british actress because i'm like why do you always get like a british person to like play someone that they're not but then yeah i I really liked how her character developed and i think you start to sympathize with her towards the end when you meet her family and you realize that wow like you all of you are actually showing traits of being psychopaths like there's something wrong like with the whole family um and then the two people that are kind of like her handlers like this she was never going to be sane or just normal she was always destined to be like A killing machine so I think the way they paired up her character with Eve's character and like she really did kind of start to unleash a bit of like I would say the psychopath that's in Eve so I'm I'm excited to see what season four is going to say and how it kind of brings it back because I feel like season three kind of like started to fall off a bit. So it'll be interesting to see how they wrap it up. And for BBC three, I think they did like a really good job with this. It wasn't just filmed in London. Like they actually had a bit of a budget to like film in other places. I was impressed with it.
2: I mean, I think if anything, like just the fact that it was a uh I mean it was produced and written by woman. It's starting woman, starring woman. So I mean even if the fourth season is in the tank I will probably watch it if anything to try to like contribute to the rating be like please create more stuff like this but that being said I'm sorry I just have to say this why are the evil guys always Russian like it's so weird and I I know in the US like the villain always has like some sort of accent. But I was actually talking to one of my Russian friends and I was like, yo, who are the villains? Like, are they are they American in in your media? And then she was like, not always. So I'm just really confused. (laughs) I just have to get this out there, get that out there. Like, I don't know. And they're not even Russian, like Sabrina said. So weird.
4: (laughs) Yeah, that was weird that Villanelle refuses to speak Russian because she can't really speak Russian, right? Um, Yeah, I really like to only watch season one. I want to watch the other seasons. Um, Just one other thing I want to add is I was really disappointed with, um, I think you said her name was Carolyn Eve's boss. At first, I thought she was really cool, and then she just really disappointed me the way she turned out. I was, um, yeah, but, yeah, to give a spoiler for season one, I was really disappointed that Carolyn kind of turned out a bit, like, shallow and just not what I was, not the impression I got of her in the first place. That was disappointing. Yeah, that's all I have to add. All
0: right. So now that we've talked about our general impressions, I'd like to move on to the first question. So um, how did you feel about the depictions of racial and sexual diversity in each work? Do you think that they reinforce stereotypes? So we talked a little bit about Killing Eve and how we thought about the female relationships between the characters. So maybe let's start with Killing Eve, and then we can talk about Minari afterwards. I guess we, we already talked a little bit about it. So if you have any other comments you want to add, um, if you want to talk maybe about sexual diversity too. So how did you feel about the depictions of racial and sexual diversity in Killing Eve? So do you think that they reinforce stereotypes? Like the fact that they made all of the you know, powerful women actually be kind of like shallow and kind of bitchy? Like, do you think that's kind of like, bad and sort of like, reinforcing this type of stereotype or that it's kind of painting them in kind of a villainous way? Or is it kind of going against, you know, some stereotypes? Or, you know, with the relationship between Eve and Villanelle? Like, do you think this is like, A kind of healthy not really a healthy portrayal of a relationship but you know do you think that that's harmful or do you think that that is still helpful because it kind of has some representation I mean I don't think there's really any like perfect answer it's just kind of you know your opinions on it
1: I think it it reinforced the stereotype that women in power can't lead because um I don't want to like do any spoilers but it's like There was criticism when they were doing their job. Um, Yeah, it's hard to kind of like describe without giving spoilers. But yeah, when you looked at like the ranking, especially with like MI6, which Eve went on to, there was moments when Carolyn was kind of being criticised for what she was doing by her boss, who was a female. And she was kind of basically criticising her so she doesn't get the stick. And it's like, shouldn't you be working in an environment where you're kind of supporting, especially when it's men that kind of sit at the top and control everything. And I just feel like in the workplace, there wasn't the support that females should kind of give each other. I feel like the only kind of support was when um, Eve was working with the two black women. And it kind of annoyed me that when one came out, the other one came in. So it was like they were replacing the black women that they, they were never on the same team at the same time and the one that stepped in was pregnant and I thought oh that means you're not going to be in it much longer either because you've got a timeline for how you were heavily pregnant so it was a matter of time before she got taken out of the show but they're the only time where I felt like she got support in her role but even then when like the sac- second black woman came in I felt like she was to some degree as well she kind of criticized Eve and I was like where is this womanhood like you're in the workplace this is like a male dominated environment but we're fortunate enough for it to be dominated by women but there's no I didn't feel like there was the sisterhood that you would want between women in the workplace especially when they've got such important roles that was my only kind of criticism in terms of like the gender balance um I did hate that the men when they did appear they had kind of more control than the women it's like you're only in it for like short periods of time but you still have so much authority and so much power
2: i mean i think personally the fact that there can't be a sisterhood is very telling because even if there was a sisterhood they probably wouldn't be successful because ultimately even villanelle's organization is controlled by this nameless society that's controlled by men well it's implied that is controlled by men And I think it's also very telling that a female psychopath and a, oh my God, is it MI5 or MI6 (laughs) agent? They're like getting along, you know, because they're weirdly in these parallel situations. I mean, I, I know just logistically, it's very different, but like, you know, both are struggling to find their feet and adjust to their careers because it's controlled and dominated by men. So I think it's very telling that we're seeing this parallel story like it's just really weird and a little bit sobering like damn okay you can go into any career but can you escape the wrath of the man apparently
4: not i remember you saying to me claire that you were noticing that the men were messing up and dying right <laughs> in, the, in the series um yeah so that was kind of funny i didn't really realize it until you told me it was like yeah the men keep screwing up and getting themselves killed but yeah also connected to what you were saying yeah Even um Villanelle seemed to in a weird way like respect each other like Villanelle doesn't want to kill her Eve doesn't really want to kill her like so yeah it was kind of interesting
1: I think as well I think I like the fact that even though Villanelle was like a psychopath they tried to make her so girly and it's like I feel like she tried to make herself so girly but she just wasn't <laughs> like some of the things she'll be dresses, such a pretty dress and then the way she kills someone it's like did you did you really have to the pink tutu? That was that one was hilarious. And there was one outfit uh, you won't have seen it yet, but it's that green thing that she's wearing with the to the golf course. She's got the. I just don't know what. Every time I just look at her in the outfit, I'm just like, what is going on with with the outfit? Yeah, it just. I did like the the way that they made it really girly. She had really expensive taste. Even like the apartments that you commented on before that she stayed in, they were like really like bougie. But it just did not fit this this person. She did not have any grace in the world. But yeah, I did like that contrast that she wasn't like butch and she had to kind of be really manly to be like this top assassin.
3: I also I I, I also got a feeling like her her outfits and her you know wherever she was staying. It's like okay, sure, this is a TV show. Show it, show it, like. <laughs> For sure. But it's not like where, like in Sex in the City, everyone has always wondered how the hell they afforded, you know, she as a writer afforded her place and all these shoes and whatever. It kind of is telling you, yeah, murder for hire. I mean, it's a good job, <laughs> let's say. You make that money, but she never, as beautiful as she might look and as amazing as her apartments and everything may be, she always seemed a little uncomfortable. And just a little out of place. I, I, however, like to see that. I don't know, it may, it's part of the fun of just, you know, this TV show because the clothes are, you know, more than I'll make in a year, like ever, and, and stuff like that, so I like that. You know, if we're gonna have this crazy show, let's let's add a little, like, fun into it as well. Like, my mother-in-law, she, she stopped watching after two. She's like, it was just getting a little crazy. Like, yeah, I get it. Like, <laughs> I understand. And I would, I binged it the first time with my sister at home during lockdown. And every time my dad would walk in and we'd be watching it, he's like, ugh, killing Eve again. I was like, dad, like, sit down, put your feet up, watch this nonsense with us. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. But no, I think, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know many people actually who have, like, stuck it out. I, I, I really. I don't know what to expect next. And also, I I do want to keep watching it. I I did want to, I want to say about Carolyn, she made me, she makes me uncomfortable. It's just, she's not the mom I expect her to be. And that made me feel weird. (laughs) And like, I don't, I mean, I like that though. I like that it's making me uncomfortable because she's a very powerful woman. And yes, she is playing the game and with the big boys and all. And I don't know, it's like, I, I expect her as a parent to be able to do both things, be a bit softer with your children and the shit that they have to deal with. And you know all of the stuff you're going through together. I expected her to be more maternal, but also be quite ruthless in her job. Like I wanted both of that and we do not get that. And it makes me cringe a lot <laughs> while I'm watching. And, but I, but I like that, that it's like challenging what I expect of her as a woman and as a, as a mother and as a, as a, a successful, you know, professional and some really weird shit. But still, if that's her job and she's going to do it and she's going to do it well. Like I, I want to see that, but I also really want to see her be a bit more motherly. It's weird. It's weird.
1: See with Carolyn, I don't know where her loyalties or where her priorities lie. Even at the end of season three, it's like who who are you who are you rooting for? Like what grounds you? Because with her children, I think when I realised that she could actually be even more colder than she is, was when she made the comment to um what's her is it um oh crap, her name's gone out of my, my head. What? her daughter or something begins with a g but anyway yeah and geraldine that was it she said to her daughter she was like you were your dad's and kenny was mine and i thought but you were cold to kenny so (laughs) like whoa whoa like that when she made that comment just blew my mind and i thought you were not gonna get what you want from your mom ever because i don't even think she realized what her output is and then you think does her loyalties lie with work but then when she, I feel like there's, she, there's a lot of underhand stuff going on with her. Because um, especially when Eve started to uncover stuff, I was like, I don't even know where your loyalties lie within your job. And then you think, oh, maybe it's because she's like got her boy toy, like Constantine. But then it's like, ooh, season three proved that, yeah, even Constantine's not a fan favourite with her. So it's like, who are you apart from a cold woman that kind of, I can't even say sticks by the book because I don't even know if she's sticking by the book I just she's a she's a character that I'm still trying to figure out in terms of you know she's about business but what is her business that's what I'm left with when I think about her yeah
0: I'm really I don't know I'm really glad I got to hear all your thoughts on it because actually now it makes me want to finish the show so maybe I will finish it but yeah I think I think that disconnect that you were talking about is kind of what turned me off of the show because I kind of watched it for the glam. You know, like I saw all those beautiful clothes and I was, and I expected that grace from Villanelle which she doesn't have. So, I think that really was the disconnect that kind of like made me sort of like not as excited about it. But at the same time, I think that all of you are right in that it's very interesting and in that it kind of exposes like that kind of expectation for women, you know, and with Carolyn as well, you know, like there are things that we want her to be, but it's not actually that realistic per se, you know, like, you know, to expect so many things from one person and to expect like one person to change so much, like in her relationships, like, I mean, it's possible. I mean, as humans, we do change and treat people differently, but at the same time, it's like, well, to have that expectation on her Maybe it's unfair. Maybe it's too much. I think it is really interesting to kind of think about that and to think about how the show has kind of like, I don't know, like removed the wool from our eyes and in, in some sense about like the expectations for women and, you know, how maybe by try, like Carolyn pushing herself to get to that position, like, you know, like maybe she has changed and there are just things that, you know, she can't recover and she can't be like a motherly figure too. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's it's very interesting. And I'd like to move on to Minari now because we've been talking about Killing You for a while. From Minari, uh, same question. So how did you feel about the depictions of racial and sexual diversity? Do you think that they reinforce stereotypes? Claire and I talked a little bit about Minari before. And I think one thing that we kind of felt is that it just we found it a little bit uncomfortable to watch just because it kind of hit home to us in like some ways where um, like, for example, specifically with the young boy who was embarrassed about his grandmother, like that is a feeling that I had when I was a kid too. Like I also had this feeling of like, oh, I feel like embarrassed that I'm different. I feel embarrassed about like, you know, being Taiwanese. I feel a little bit ashamed. So seeing that reflected back to me it was kind of like i don't know it made me feel very uncomfortable because it just like it's like i want to forget that i i felt that way when i was a kid i don't want to remember that i felt ashamed you know i feel embarrassed about it now so seeing that back i was like no don't remind me <laughs> you know so i think that in some ways it was kind of really interesting because you know i'm not korean but still some of those sentiments of like how as um asians or asian americans how do we kind of situate ourselves in society how do we make ourselves feel like we belong i can relate to a lot of those um issues and topics a lot so
2: well first off i loved i just this goes with i just have to say like i love the cast just oh the kid was so
4: cute
2: (laughs) and his uh wife um steve Young's wife she's like korean korean so i thought she did like Apparently, this was, like, her first, like, American movie. So, I thought I thought she did a good job. Uh, anyways, but, and, you know, the cinematography was, like, gorgeous. Because you don't see a movie based in Arkansas. Like, most immigrant stories that we've seen so far, they're, like, in the coasts. Or maybe Texas or Florida, you know. So, this I thought it was very unique in that sense. And I have to also mention that I find it very strange that this movie... what was it honestly these like awards don't even matter to me anymore because it's it's not global um the academy or oscars whatnot it wasn't like entered into one of them because it wasn't considered an american film however if this film featured a white immigrant family it would have been considered an american film no doubt like it was definitely a race issue but Anyways, like Adrian said, I mean, I think I found it. It wasn't 100% like my experience. Like I didn't grow up in Arkansas. Um, My parents weren't trying to start up a farm, et cetera. I definitely felt seen. And that it's just one of those things where there are very few movies about my slash Asian slash immigrant experience that when there is one, it's it's like, it's a lot like I have to carve out an afternoon to watch it and be prepared to, like, stop, like, stop it, then watch again, stop it, and watch it again, and I kind of prefer to watch it alone, because I don't want to explain what's happening, like, it's for me, so I don't know if y'all watched Gook, that's about the LA riots in California, that, oh my god, that, again, was so, like, hard-hitting as well, because, like, to watch your exact experience on screen, there are no words, it's, you know, but, (laughs) because... I think white people have so many movies to the point where they're fantasy movies, like right? they're sci-fi. There's like a plethora of different genres. Whereas like for us, we we're still treading through the different types of storytelling, the memoir films. And we have to get all of that out there before we can move on to a different genre. So, and, and you know, like Alan, there was a scene Alan's not sorry that's the actor David's sister is at church, and. I find it very weird, too, because church or houses of worship are technically supposed to be very, like, open-minded. And, you know, but that was... It's just a very racist um, center in this movie. But this white girl was like, hey, why don't you say things in Korean? <laughs> Until there's a Korean where I'm like, yep, that happened to me. That boy says, like, oh, yeah, your face is slanted. Yep, that happened to me. And it's, like, only now that people... Are being told like that's not okay speak up about it but you know you you can't like but back then like, you, you couldn't say anything and to just see that represented and to just see them kind of just being like okay and to the boy being friends with that kid who insulted him it's like but you have no choice because you're in the middle of nowhere who else are you gonna play with the ki- kid needs trump over racism you know so the the struggles that they go through but i do really think this is more of like the pride of a man leading a story rather than like a stereotypical immigrant experience that's like fetishized by hollywood it is more like the day-to-day so i i'll yeah i could probably go for longer but in journal i thought it was very good it wasn't at like i'd end up crying like i thought i would i cried in Gook, but not this and i thought it was beautiful and we need more films like this so yeah, I liked it, but I don't know if I can watch it again. Cause it was very emotional.
3: <laughs> yeah. I, one, I, because Tom and I have been away from Korea for a while, it was so nice to hear Korean again. And just like the, the way they, they speak and, and, and those flows and language. And it was like, Hey, wait a minute. That's not what she said. I was like, that subtitle's wrong. That is not what she meant. Not the way she said it. mm Loved it. Loved it. That was wonderful. But I mean, what what a good film. We we both really, really enjoyed it. I have to say, I didn't realize it until you said it, Adrian. But that little boy being embarrassed of his grandmother, I felt uncomfortable because I would do the same shit. That's freaking shameful, and I hate it, and, and you're right, you don't want to be reminded that you ever felt that way, that you ever thought that, like, yeah, I, 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 I feel you, I really do, that was, that was a lot, that was a lot, but I think, I mean, I think everyone did, the cast was fan freaking fantastic they did such a wonderful job, and it was, I, I didn't read much about it beforehand, I didn't really go into it expecting anything, but that was, that was a great film. I really think that the stuff like, like films like this. Yeah, you're right. We need, we do need more of that you, you the Im- the typical quote unquote immigrant story is going to be a, you know, New York city or LA or Boston, somewhere on the East coast, whatever. Nobody goes to the Midwest. Why? Seriously. Tornadoes galore. Like, no, thank you. Uh, why? But for, for them to pick this and that the relationship between the parents, I was really like, oh my god, how is this gonna end? There's just no way. There's no way she has had it. And he's just like, Why don't you understand what I'm trying to do here? And and that whole that whole relationship between the two of them loved watching it at you know, go. I really, really appreciated like actual like fighting and like not just okay, all right, this is what you wanna do, okay. No, 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 she was putting up a fight. Like I'm not happy here. And we all, we all need to be happy, you know, and, and, and not one of us just completely miserable and like watching your partner also be completely miserable chasing a dream that no one really believes in. That's pretty, that's pretty hard, not just on the family, but on their relationship. And, and Claire, you mentioned you wanted to like watch it by yourself. So you did not have to explain stuff. Was it was it was it this one you wanted to like watch alone? Yeah, but we ended
2: up watching it together anyway, and I had to like explain.
3: No, I get, I get it. I I, I was that made me think that's I haven't seen In the Heights because I don't want to stop and like explain to my husband about certain things. One, he hates musicals, but two, I just I want to watch it with someone who'd get it. Like I understand wanting to then watch a film like this with someone who would get it. Like that's not necessarily your. You know exactly what you experienced or exactly what your parents went through but it, it's it's similar enough where you feel like wow like this is yeah and you want to you want to be sitting next to somebody who's just nodding along with you and like laughing at the same stuff and you know saying like yeah didn't you think this or whatever I, I understand that I understand that and I think that this is a really this was a really big deal for the Korean community to see something like this on that level, on that scale, globally, really, the fact that people were talking about it so much. And it, it, it was just done so well. I, I really, we really, really liked it. Uh, sorry, I just have one quick thing
2: that you just reminded me of, Nat, um, especially like with when you brought up in the Heights and all of that. Whenever there are these new types of content that comes out, I always get super nervous. Like, is... Okay, so for example, for this, is this how... Other people would perceive immigrants or Korean people in the Heights. Will is this how other people will perceive the Latinx community? I know that there will be inevitable comments that will be like, "Oh, I didn't know. I don't know. Like Korean people were like this because I watched this film." I always go into it with that thought, and I just, I just can't help it. So I'm just. I mean, it, it is unfortunate, but that it's because there's a lack of these types of stories that are out there. So I'm just curious if y'all have this mindset that's sort of, well, it's inevitable for me going going into it.
1: I think it was just interesting watching it because you can see parallels, like there's a lot of different like black films that have come out, which kind of depicts the struggle. So it was just interesting kind of seeing it but um, happening to a different race that isn't black. Um, and you can definitely, even though like um, what they went through um, as a family was different, I couldn't kind of, there was a lot of like parallels in terms of kind of settling into a new environment and just people's perceptions of who you are and just being made aware that you are different to everyone else. I definitely felt like a lot of anxiety watching the film because I I felt like something bad was really gonna happen. And just having the guy Paul around, I'm like, you're an omen, like you, you are bad vibes altogether. And what made me really uncomfortable with Paul is seeing him dragging across down the road because I just thought KKK's in town. You're ready to hang somebody, and every time I saw him move across that, because who drags across that big down the road? And we're talking 1980s America. So when I saw him with that and the way he was around the family, the moment he was inside their house, I was just like, "You, you're bad energy. Like you're making me really uncomfortable." So when I got to the end of the film, I was like it really went down with, with Paul Tudor. I was like, "Was I I don't know if I was disappointed, but just his whole vibe made me uncomfortable. And then when David went to like that boy's house, like, I just thought that was weird as well. So I was like, this boy, he is he's not your friend. I don't know. But then I got the impression that his own dynamics in his house weren't 100% great as it was. So yeah, I did get a lot of uneasiness in terms of how the film was going. I think I really appreciated David and his grandma's relationship. I love seeing how that evolved. And I think at the end, when he almost gave himself a heart attack trying to chase her down, I would have just, I could have cried in that moment because I was just like, all the bad stuff that he's done to this woman, <laughs> like, if anything, you're the one that gave her a stroke because you were, you had—you would move it, get the peace. Oh, my God. I could not believe it. I could not believe it and the way she defended him like her love for him was the purest love ever when the dad sent him outside to get the stick and he came back I thought he was going to come back with a twig I knew the stick wasn't behind his back because it's about small it was to see it was like it wasn't even a twig I was in stitches and like yeah I really loved seeing the relationship between the two of them how it really developed and I feel like he really did resist her he didn't want to give in, and he always criticised her as a grandma. But he still called her grandma. It was like you—you you do love this woman. You just don't know how to interpret um, her. And she's the reason why he his heart's closing up. I really do feel like that was the symbolism. Like whatever she was, the, the the stuff that she was giving him, even though we didn't like it, like you can tell, like a grandmother's love really was what was healing him inside. So yeah, I just, I really, I yeah, you. I, you know, you just can't praise the film anymore. And I know Claire commented on, like, awards and stuff. But I feel like a, a film that's really wholesome gets the Sundance. Sundance Film Festival and what Sundance represents, I'm just happy that that was enough for that film with Sundance because they they're the kind of film festivals that really care about the time and effort that gets put into, like, movies. And movies that don't get recognised, I find that the best movies they get this Sundance that he goes through,
4: like, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to say a couple of things. I originally wasn't sure about watching Minari when I saw the trailer and the fire, and I thought, oh God, like, why is there a fire? I thought, you guys have seen the film, you know why there was a fire. It wasn't for some terrible reason. I thought someone like attacked their farm or something. And I was like, oh God, I don't know if I wanna watch this. It's gonna be really depressing. And then one of my friends told me, no, no, you should watch it. Um, And yeah, I also really liked the acting. I thought it was great. And um, just hearing, or listening to our conversation, it's just making me think, I can't think of another film I've seen about like immigrant experience. And now I'm, I'm trying to think, have... Have I seen anything else? Has anyone seen anything else?
1: Not the Asian immigrant experience, which why I kind of enjoyed it. Cause it was like, oh wow. Like I know it happens everywhere. Well, not everywhere else, but I know that there are a lot of different immigrant stories. So to see through like Asian lens, I was like, wow, like this makes it real. Cause I don't think people, I feel like people think that black people are the only ones that struggled. It was like, no, everyone else struggled as well. And this is how they struggled.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of what stories. I feel like I must've seen some type of film about like you know back in the old days with like everyone coming through through Ellis Island to the states or something I I can't really remember any particular film I just feel like it must have been in in all the films that I've watched there must be one Yeah, so I'd like to move on to the the last film that we uh, were talking about, which is Iron Fist and Kung Fu Kick. One thing that I really loved about this documentary is that I really loved seeing how different cultures kind of came together and interacted. Like the way that they took Hong Kong films and cinema and then exported that to North America And it became popular in the U.S. And then Black people also kind of took these films and made it part of their own community as well. I thought it was really great that, I don't know, because you hear so many stories about, like, the Black community and the Asian community, like, kind of pulling each other down and, you know, uh, inter-POC racism. And so it was just really nice to see, like, oh, there are actually some, you know, times in... The history where they actually you know they were pulling each other up and they were you know learning from each other and kind of seeing you know black people seeing a sense of their own identity in hong kong films and asian films and how that kind of brought together the, the black and the asian community um does anybody else have any thoughts like what are your favorite parts about the movie are there any things that you saw that you like didn't really know.
1: I was re- I really wanted to watch this film with my dad. Like I was so annoyed that like um I couldn't go and watch it with him before like Media Club. Because watching that I was I loved it. And that's because my dad, um when I was younger, used to do karate and I don't he I don't, I don't know the technical words for wherever he got in got up to with it. But he used to um practice it and he used to teach it. So like growing up, Kung Fu films was like what we lived off. Like I've watched so many and like watching kind of like the the background behind Bruce Lee. Like I know my dad idolized him. So like kind of seeing um, how he kind of took ownership over his films and like how they didn't believe in him. I really like seeing the journey that Kung Fu films really went through because I didn't know. I've just been a child watching it. I've never really seen the background behind it and i really appreciated how they kind of showed the relationship between like black people and asian people because like you said i you only used to seeing the hate between them so seeing the kind of the common ground and how they influence yeah how they influenced each other it was just really wholesome to see and yeah i just liked seeing the journey of something that i've kind of just seen from the outside but never kind of like appreciated all the
4: work that kind of went into it um yeah <laughs> I thought it was really interesting as well where they showed how kung fu films were resonating with african-american community because I had no idea about it and then how it's related with um break dancing as well I had no idea and then when they were looking at all the I just thought well I've never watched that many kung fu films and I never really thought like you see them doing all the moves but I didn't realize how much care and detail was going into it like They were saying in one scene, they were like, I don't remember, like a hundred different moves and they were putting their hands in all these different positions. And it was it was crazy. And uh, I think I normally when I watch Kung Fu films in the past, or whenever I have, I've never really paid that much attention. And in the future, I will definitely give more attention and like appreciate more all of that. Um, all of that stuff. And uh, what was the other thing? I didn't realize that Bruce Lee died so young when he was only 32 and I was looking it up and I found out his son died really young as well and got shot on set, which was horrible to read about. I had no idea about that either. I, I didn't even realise that. So I guess I learned a lot from watching that. I thought it was really interesting as well. Makes me want to watch some Kung Fu films.
1: Like the moves and kind of like the detail with it. This is why I really wanted to watch it with my dad because I know that he would have been like a kid in a candy Shop watching it. Um, I did like mixed martial arts, um, self-defense lessons like before COVID. And I was telling my, I was like describing it to my dad on the phone, and he got so excited. And then I was getting told off because he was like, "Oh, you shouldn't be learning that. You're just a beginner." And then when I like um, came home and I seen him and I was going through the moves, like my dad was like, "Oh, you really should like." He was really trying to get me to like take it seriously. Um, and I remember he had nunchucks. I remember like I almost like strangled myself with nunchucks when I was younger because I found them and I thought oh, I've watched all these Kung Fu films, let me try something, swung it, went around my neck like, oh my god, I almost died. And I had to put them back in my dad's wardrobe. And I thought I couldn't tell him that I've been messing with the nunchucks. I'm not supposed to be like touching them. And I had the biggest bruise like round my neck from where like the chain would literally like. I was like, yeah, this is just for movies. Like, I'm not, I've seen my dad do it so many times. I thought, yeah, I can can do this. I really can't like, Kung Fu films, I absolutely love them. And it's definitely something that um, I would love to explore. We had so many books in our house. So like watching it on screen and I was surprised about Hong Kong. I didn't know that they, all the stunts were real. I was like, wow, like I was waiting for them to say who died. I was really waiting to, to find out who died on set because and that just made me appreciate it that much more. Cause I thought, in Hollywood, everything's got the stunt awards and everything. Yeah, the guy that fell off the bridge. Oh my gosh, when he said that, they were like, Can we film it again? He was like, Are you sure the first one wasn't good? I was like, Yeah, because like this is this isn't fake to them. It's not fake. Like everything they want you want to see on screen is real. And when they were showing someone like the clips from the old movies back in the day. I thought there's a reason why it still looks impeccable on screen is because it wasn't fake to begin with. Yeah, oh, I'm not even going to get started on the little girl with the hair because I just thought, please tell me that you didn't really drag her down the road like like that. Like, How? Wow. The film industry has changed a lot. Like the safeguarding and the risk assessment. <laughs>
4: they they said something like oh it's a good job we did it in Hong Kong and not in America because the parents wouldn't have allowed it in America they were like driving down the street holding a little girl's hair she was like in her little ballet outfit and they were just holding her by the hair and driving down the street yeah (laughs) I hope it wasn't that real either wow
2: okay well I haven't finished it so I guess I have that to look forward to when I continue watching it but I was just going to say in general I thought it was It was just very refreshing to watch this type of documentary where it's, like, how, um, you know, like, POC, POC, like, collaboration, like, influences of both cultures. And I read somewhere how there's, like, a Bruce Lee foundation that his family started, and I was reading a few years ago that several modern day kung fu karate taekwondo like whatever they want to bring back bruce lee by a hologram and the family felt extremely uncomfortable with that and there's a lot of legalistic implications not to mention cultural too because like how are you going to use it so i don't know i just thought that was interesting and it just goes without saying that he is such a legend that that's why we're having these conversations about bring him back by hologram i didn't watch it sorry
3: but but uh it's funny you should um was talking about the um about kung fu movies and stuff and like as a kid we probably watched like one or two but as an adult my dad now like we got him you know he has his own like netflix password and blah 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 that's like all that's there now our kung fu movies because we watched ip man once and that's Face, that was Bruce Lee's teacher, and they've made like I think three or four of these films. They're really great. I would recommend it on on Netflix if you have some time. But one of yeah, his one of his students ended up being you know uh, was Bruce Lee, which was really it was very cool to see to see that. But that's now like all my dad's recommended stuff or kung fu movies, and I, I quite enjoy them. I think they're pretty great. Um, this sounds yeah, I feel like I'm gonna like this, so I'll definitely add that to my Netflix now cuz that that sounds yeah that sounds great. I really I really do like how much how much of that is real. That takes guts. There's just no way in hell I,
1: I would I would ever do that. No, but that's that's pretty impressive. It's just a quick point to add to what Claire mentioned about the hologram. Because you haven't finished, I'm guessing there's a bit there's quite a bit that you haven't seen to do with Bruce Lee and what the when he passed away, how they tried to kind of keep him going in the films. And there's one film, I think it was the last film that he like started filming but didn't and it's when he's got like this yellow jumpsuit on. And I've never watched the film, but I've seen clips because there's like a fa- like a clip that went viral of um like this little asian boy and he's standing in with his back to the tv and you can see bruce lee in the background and he's got like a little yellow jumpsuit on to match it and he does the whole choreograph fight that bruce lee did with his back to the tv and this child looks no more than five and it is amazing like it is in sync with the tv like and i, th- I don't know if he did it with nunchucks but he's absolutely perfect i think If you type in um, like Kid Imitates um, Bruce Lee on YouTube, I'm sure you can find it. I didn't know until watching the documentary that he never completed the whole film and it goes into what they did to kind of get the film published. I just, yeah, I'm glad that the family are kind of up against the wall and just not into this whole hologram thing because what they did with that movie and with movies that came after that in relation to like Bruce Lee, you, that's when you see the greed of Hollywood. And I just thought, no, you went too far with this. So yeah, you've got a lot to, to look forward to.
0: It was, um, it was interesting hearing about you and your father's relationship with Kung Fu movies, Sabrina, because me and my dad also watched a lot of Kung Fu movies when I was a kid. And that kind of was one of our things that we always watched, like those and also samurai films, like so many samurai films. <laughs> yeah, so it was also fun uh, for me to share it with my dad as well. And he was really excited to see like all the background behind everything. And also with Bruce Lee, I actually heard a clip of like an interview with Jackie Chan recently, and he was talking about how like he acted in a Bruce Lee movie when he was a lot younger. And there was one time that Bruce Lee was doing, um, doing a stunt and he hit Jackie Chan in the head and it was supposed to be faked, but he like accidentally hit him for real. And, and Jackie Chan was like, Oh, yeah, I fell over my head was ringing, like, you know, it was like, it hurt so much. And but then like, they kept rolling, because they didn't want to stop the take. And then afterwards, Bruce Lee, like ran over to him. And he was like, Oh, my God, are you okay? I'm so sorry. And he was like, you know, holding Jackie Chan. And Jackie Chan was like, Oh, you know, like, I was a young guy. So you know, I was already okay. You know, like, I was already fine. But then you know feeling Bruce Lee holds me I didn't want it to end so you know then suddenly <laughs> I was like oh yeah like oh it hurts so much <laughs> so I, I thought it was really cute just like hearing this kind of interaction between like him and Bruce Lee and how like Jackie Chan also you know like idolized and looked up to him so much so thought that was really cute i mean and i'll see if i can find the interview clip and send it to you all just like it was so adorable <laughs> that is our media club for today thank you all thank you later you ladies. were great yeah, to hosting. nice to see you guys
2: <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs>